You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Good evening and welcome to episode 143 of the podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne with you for this one. Uh, guys, we're a week into the NHL regular season, week two getting underway. How are we doing tonight? I'm okay, Harper. Do you want to know why I'm okay and not great? I'm okay because Tottenham is off to the greatest start ever. I'm okay because the Giants are 5-1 and one out of nowhere. But I'm not great because the Devils are on game 84 of last season. <laughs> as they've opened the season 0-2 with sloppy turnovers, poor special teams, and abysmal goaltending while outshooting every team they play and losing 5-2 both games. That's why I'm okay and not great. So the question is now, Case, are they going to fire their coach? Is that the plan? Well, you know, they have two very good options for replacement. Uh, one is standing two feet away from Lindy Ruff at all times and just led his team to the President's Trophy last year. The other one turned Utica into one of the best AHL teams around in Kevin Deneen. So... Two options there. You know, the crowd certainly wants them to fire their coach. He got a prefile of booze the other night, and Fire Lindy was chanting throughout the rink. Um, crazy. So, you know, you bring in new players, you bring in some coaching staff. It's like, seems like the one thing that has to change is maybe the, the coach. I, Case, I, I heard an interesting thing today, and that, like... Lindy may not last very long because both of his assistants were let go and then he stayed and two guys got brought on and you mentioned they brought in a head coach. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and, exactly. and, you meant, and you mentioned Andrew Burnett who I think got treated really unfairly in Florida towards the end and like he's the first guy I look at as someone yeah. to take over. Oh, a hundred percent, and that's that's kind of why I thought they brought him in. It's like, you know, the the free trial is is kicking in, and then they have to start paying uh, after a month. And I think that Brunette is going to come in as the head coach after a month. Um, it's not working out. Like I was pretty, I had high hopes when it came to Lindy Ruff, but his record since twenty twenty has not been pretty, and things just aren't changing. So I think it's time. I mean. It's tough to watch, and I I'm usually not the guy that's like fire the coach, fire the coach, like all all over that. But well, because you liked him too, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I liked him because I didn't like John Hines. Ah, uh. but I like John Hines because I didn't like. Uh, I can see his face, but I can't say his name right now. Uh oh, what was his name? Peter DeBoer. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know, like next guy in line, I guess. But they've got a couple options. And to think about all the players that are moving up through the system into New Jersey from Utica, Kevin Deneen also is a very, very good option. So they have a couple couple options there. And I don't know, it's like maybe time to go for one of them. Anyways, 
this episode isn't about the devils and their woos. I mean, I think that they're going to turn it around eventually here. Like the team is too good on paper to, to suck this bad, but um, it's definitely been a little frustrating to watch. So I don't, I don't know what else to say about that. I guess I'll move this podcast along and say, how you doing, Chad? I see that you're, uh, you have an Arizona jersey behind you while they're playing Toronto and winning 2 nothing. Yeah, stay tuned, listeners. We have two more hours of Devil's Talk coming at you on Devil's Podcast Network. Uh, yeah, I've got this. I've got this Arizona jersey behind me right now. You talk about the poor start that the Devils have had, man. Even though the Leafs are two and one right now, their record doesn't really speak for how they've started this season. It's been piss poor, and not only because the effort on the ice hasn't really been there. You know, Exhibit A is tonight. They're trailing 2-0 to the Arizona Coyotes, and uh, at the time they scored their second goal, that was their sixth shot on net through almost two full periods of play. So that's not good. But also because of all the injuries, you know, like Matt Murray is down. Casey, I thought you said something funny earlier when you said his groin was made of liquid. Liquid groin Murray. (laughs) Liquid groin Murray sure seems that way. And about two minutes ago, guys, I don't know if you if you have the game up or not. Uh, I do. And I'm watching Jake Muzzin just went to the dressing room uh, and likely won't return tonight. So that's part of the that's part of the plan, though. It's always let Jake start, put him on the LTIR save some money, bring them back playoffs. Isn't that the, the like formula? I mean, maybe if they're able to do that, but at this point, I don't know, man, is Jake Muzzin healthy ever? Like, it doesn't seem like it. Maybe they move on and Rasmus Sandin steps into a top four role. But anyway, there's a lot. Anyway, of that's enough Leafs talk. Back to the devils for a second. I just remembered something. Lindy Ruff walked out of the first press conference after the first game because one of the media members said, why didn't you, uh, why did Jesper Bratt play so little? And he said, how much did he play? He said, uh, just under 16 minutes. He goes, isn't that enough? And then walks out. Jesper Bratt went on the ice for those 16 minutes. The New Jersey Devils outshot attempt uh, Philly 33 to 5, I think was the numbers. WCBR Devils Radio. Play Jesper Bratt for 20 fucking minutes. <laughs> yeah, and please play him because I have him in fantasy. So. Oh, speaking of fantasy. Fantasy Corner. How about ah, segue. <laughs> Great segue. All right, let's get into it. Let's do it. Case, you and I played each other, obviously, in week one. And I will say, even though you got the win against me, it was it was back and forth. It was pretty it good was. there for a little bit. And then you did pull ahead and uh, and and beat me. So, um, you know, congrats. But it, it was like it was back and forth for a little bit, for sure. There's a couple times that I didn't think I was going to win, but I have... One guy in particular to, to thank for this win. And, uh, well, actually, I'll say two. I'll say the first guy I have to thank is Marc-Andre Fleury for being a sieve. And then the, the second one I have to thank is Kempe. Adrian Kempe on LA, who blew up for 20 points in this week for me and had a stunning night uh, downing Minnesota. Like, that was wonderful. So that was the last night of the week, too. That was Sunday, right? Or no, that was Saturday. Saturday. There's no yeah, games no on games Sunday. On, yeah, yeah right. so so it was like, I'm I'm sitting there earlier in the day going, oh, I'm going to lose this week, the first week to Harper, who picked Vasilevsky six overall. Like, this is going to feel tough. And then uh, Kempe, out of nowhere, 20 points. That was a good pick. He's dual eligible too, right? He's left and right wing, I think. Yes, he is. And he plays on a line with Kopitar and Fiala. 
At I mean, least that's the way he yeah. started the season. That that line's going to put bad. up a lot of points this year, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So we know how both of you guys did. Uh, Shocker, who came out on top in that first week matchup. Uh, probably the guy who made the playoffs in the Boys in the Booth League last year. And I, I'll uh, say Harp had higher projected points than me, so really his boys just didn't show up for him. Harp, you know, we picked on you a lot last year in fantasy, and I'm hoping the same. it won't be the same this year. I think you have a decent team. I've looked it over. I didn't love the pick of Vasilevsky at sixth overall, but, you know, overall, your team isn't bad. You've got a few candidates who could break out, so I don't mind it. Um, my fantasy week last week, I took down the other Cody brother, actually, in a pretty close one for most of the week until Saturday where my boys just went off. Uh, finished 151 to 131. And remember, th- this is a 20-team league, guys, so there's a lot of good teams in this league, and every week it's going to be a fun matchup as well. At the top of the division right now, at the top of the, the league standings, we've got Book Hockey, and that's my buddy Connor from law school. He's got a good team, and don't let him fool you. He's an experienced player. I think he's going to have you know, quite a good year. And then number two this week. Yeah. So I think that's going to be a tough one for you case. Not looking forward to playing him in number two is Pappy's milk. And, uh, I don't, I, I think that's who, who is that? Pappy's milk. That's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that you know who it is? It's Josh Maley, and he has a pretty good team, too, I looked right. over. And then at third place, i got to give some kudos to Meathead Hockey Club that is run uh, in a tandem by Luke Sheridan and Alan Atmansky. They have a decent team this year, and they're out for blood. So out of 20 teams, guys, yeah. it's going to be a crazy year, and uh, it's already been – we've been off to a good start. I uh, I, I will say – that the Meathead Hockey Club, Alan and Luke, they are absolutely wiping the floor with me at the moment uh, in this Week 2 matchup. It is not looking good to start. So, anyway, hopefully I can put some more points on the board as as we get going. But uh, funny you mentioned your matchup against uh, against M, Patrick yeah. Swayze, and uh, it was like, you know chatted with him for like three days in a row it was like okay i've got a chance i've got a chance i've got a chance uh i think he's got me i think he's got me yeah and uh so anyway but he's got a decent team too and it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm really gonna try my best to stay on top of it a lot more this year and be a lot more consistent i do like my team and so we'll see how it goes something i want to plug before we move on for the people who are interested in fantasy um and listening right now Seattle Kraken play four games this week. Um, so that's a solid pickup there. One of them is tonight at 10 o'clock. So unfortunately, by the time you listen to this, you won't have time to get the first game in. But three more games for the rest of the week. That's a good pickup to have because everyone knows in fantasy, games played are everything. So I picked up uh, Jaden Schwartz. For he was the most league. added player today. I, I saw it. That's right. Because he's playing four games. They've uh they've looked good early on the Kraken and uh, Matty Beniers looking like an early uh, favorite for the Calder Trophy. So whoever's got him, I think is going to have a nice season. Yeah, for sure. Huge shout out to SeatGeek for sponsoring the podcast. SeatGeek is a ticket app that takes all the confusion out of buying tickets. SeatGeek makes it extremely simple to buy tickets to all of your favorite sporting events, including Jays and Leafs games, and you can always find a great deal. 
On SeatGeek, all tickets are scored on a scale between 0 and 10, so you know if you're getting a good or a bad deal. Green is good and red is bad. Plus, Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. So click the link in the description to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Summer is here and you know what that means. Extreme sports like spike ball and road hockey have returned and so is day drinking. The problem is we're not as young as we used to be and these summer activities can be draining on our bodies. When you push your body hard or just feel run down, it's extremely important to stay hydrated. When you make hydration a priority, it helps you feel healthier on a day-to-day basis. Enter Liquid IV. Whether you're playing sports or nursing a hangover, Liquid IV has you covered. One stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients, non-GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. The kicker? This stuff tastes good too, guys. Liquid IV has incredible hydration flavors like watermelon, strawberry, pina colada, and more, but my personal favorite is lemon lime. So, get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code BOYS underscore IN underscore THE underscore BOOTH in all caps at checkout. So that's 25% off anything when you order using the promo code BOYS underscore IN underscore THE underscore BOOTH, all caps at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today at liquidiv.com. Shout out to Cocktail Bomb Shop for sponsoring the podcast. Cocktail Bomb Shop is a Canadian, woman-owned, small business, and all of their cocktail bombs are proudly handmade in Montreal. Well, what is it and how does it work? Step one, you pick your favorite flavor of cocktail bomb and unwrap it. My favorite is definitely mojito. Step two, drop your cocktail bomb into eight ounces of sparkling water and watch it fizz for five minutes. Step three, add a shot of your favorite alcohol, some ice, and enjoy it. Fellas, gents, boyfriends of the world, these cocktail bombs make the perfect gift for your lady friend because not only are they tasty, but they're Instagrammable as well. Right now, if you go to cocktailbombshop.ca and use the code BITV15, you can get 15% off your entire order. That's cocktailbombshop.ca. Use the code BITV15 at checkout for 15% off. All right, so um, getting into uh, the main topic of this episode, and uh, we're going to keep this one quick, the rest of it anyway, and uh, we're going to talk about NHL 23 a little bit and why the game is broken. Obviously, we look forward to the new games coming out every year because um, it's an update on the rosters and all of the draft picks that are with their chosen teams and all of that but there are still just so many issues with these games year in and year out as we've talked about and as many others uh know about these games so uh anyway let's just get into a couple of reasons uh or, or just one each uh for why nhl 23 is broken why another NHL game is broken yet again and some of the problems with it. So, um, Case, 
I know you were kind of, um, you know, back and forth with with this kind of thing, but uh, I, I'm sure you've got some some things that, that you know. Again, you're just like, oh my god, like it hasn't yeah, changed I'm, one bit. I'm I'm kind of riding on this on this podcast as a passenger because, <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell you that the main thing that's broken about this game is that they've changed so little and added so little out over so many years and not fixed problems and then charge me $90 for every year. So they've made a loyal NHL video game player decide to not get the game. I don't have it. And that's why I'm saying I'm a pastor on this one because I'm, I've hit the, the brink of like, I just can't bring myself to go get that game. I know that I am going to, and I hate it, but I haven't done it yet. And I'm holding out for as long as I can so that, you know, you know, they have those metrics where it's like sales in the first two weeks and like perfect. Not to mention the fact that you always get this game. And in the first two weeks, there are so many bugs and glitches and shitty little problems. It's the same thing as FIFA that's happening right now. Like people have to delete and redown the game for fifa and it's terrible and the same thing's going to happen with nhl not to mention the fact that they have people who have never watched a hockey game in their entire lives doing the ratings it seems because every year the first roster is absolutely brutal and that's why harp is going to be putting in some hours probably days maybe weeks he might quit his job just to do an (laughs) nhl roster for boys in the booth that you can download um we'll pay him don't worry not much pay him first time (laughs) the one thing that i have the hardest problem with is just the the menus and i don't think that that's ever going to change because it it never has and mlb has had better faster menus since mlb 14 like if they figured it out back then why can't nhl but just the fact that everything is so slow and clunky to get through a franchise mode is painful but then the gameplay itself something that bugs me the most is that you are not rewarded for playing hockey you're not rewarded for going low to high d to d cycling none of that works all that works is a couple fancy deeks backdoor pass or you know glitch goals whatever glitch goal happens to be usually whenever they add a new factor into the game um that be that becomes the glitch goal i remember like you know when they added the leg kick for Sidney crosby it's like all you had to do in that game was leg kick and go to the backhand you score 99 percent of the time um well probably that like last ditch effort on the puck now you're going to be able to dish like 100 percent accurate passes back door rip it top shelf while you're bobby oaring through the air so it's just like you're not rewarded for playing real hockey but only for playing to the mechanics of the game that's the one that i really wanted to bring up and it's just like it's not getting there yeah i mean that makes sense because you know how often case do we you know Guys who play other video games, I would say probably more often or at least as often as the NHL series. How, how often do we spank Harper, who only plays NHL, because Harp plays the, the style of hockey that you're supposed yeah. to play in a hockey game? You dump and chase, like, you, you know, you roll four lines, whereas we, because we play online and because we're, I would say, more of a gamer than he is we know the glitch goals and we don't make it realistic but we just know how to score and play like that i'll get outshot 27 to 10 and win 6-3 yeah 
Yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. So, um, Chad, let, let's let's go to you now and just some concerns that you have with with the game. I feel like well, we're at like a like a meeting, like a I know a this, this is a meeting. focus group, <laughs> a focus group, or this like is maybe a focus group. It's terrible. <laughs> maybe a, a funeral. It's like. Chad, why don't don't you say some words? Why don't you say a few words? Uh, Well, prepare yourself. I've got a lot, and I won't, you know, say them all right now. We'll have a conversation about it. But just to preface this whole conversation about NHL 23, like, you know, the reason, the biggest reason for me as to why I can say that this game is broken is because I bought it on opening day, and I have barely played the game because. I've been finishing a franchise mode that I have in NHL 22. I am not interested in playing 23 because it's that similar to 22. The only difference is 22 has the rosters that I created that I know are more accurate than the ones that came out. And there's no shareable rosters yet from people like people haven't been able to make them yet on NHL 23. So I just am not interested in playing the game at all. That being said, I did play it a little bit um, just to for this episode, try to get some some, you know, content out of it and see what I noticed about the game being bad and everything. And and obviously the first one is rosters, guys like that makes sense. Casey mentioned it. The first roster that they put out every year is the absolute worst. One thing that I noticed is that the rosters are completely incomplete. And by that, I mean every single year for the first one or two weeks of of the game coming out, the rosters that they release are lacking a few notable players, whether the players came from Russia and are now playing in the NHL or the players came from the CHL and are now playing in the NHL. They don't exist in the game. And that's that's by design. They just it's a problem that they've had every single year and the reason is is it has something to do with getting the rights to those players f- because they didn't have them before and now they have to get them and and they have to put them into the game but they always do it about 2 weeks late and a few notable players uh in the past Philip Sedina wasn't in the game for the longest time when he was a rookie and it first came out uh Vasily Podkolzin last year being a rookie rookie from Russia he wasn't in the game until I think the second update and this year another Vancouver guy Kuzmenko is not in the game from launch that blows my mind yeah, that's that's the most frustrating thing is that especially early on, but I, I find I'm doing it, you know, in March as well, that for me to start a franchise mode, I have to spend actual hours just setting up the game because I have to go in and fix prospects. I have to add NCAA prospects. I have to fix third liners that are like 72 overall because the NHL, they don't pay attention whatsoever. The EA sports, it's it's really frustrating like like i I say that i'm gonna start a gm mode and and my friend's like oh how's that gm mode going i'm like oh uh, yeah i just started it last night it took me three days setting up the rosters to be able to play like preaching to the choir here like it's the roster is the biggest thing like why is jake gardner who's probably never gonna play again still 82 overall high top 4d potential like what <laughs> yeah i can't wait to play montreal and they have carrie price putting up 36 saves like he he awesome. is a 70 this year this is the yeah, first okay. year that montreal finally made or the ea finally made carrie price on the habs a 70 overall mm-hmm. um 
but there are a few other players like Jake Gardner who are still regularly rated. So yeah. there, there's no consistency, which is the problem. But while we're talking about the roster, guys, and Harp, I know you'll want to chime in on this. I picked out a few guys who I think had some of the worst ratings in the game just as I kind of scrolled through it, uh, whether it's their overall or not having X factors or their potential. So here's just a few. Um, and, and these might not even be the most egregious. These are just ones that I noticed right away as I was scrolling through. So Bowen Byram, 85 overall. I don't think he's earned an 85 overall. He barely played hockey last year. Um, sure, he won the cup and played in the playoffs and played at the end of the season, but he's had injury troubles, which has held him back from playing a ton of meaningful games. So 85 is just ridiculous. He's one of the highest rated uh, young defensemen in the game. So I thought that was crazy. Mitch Marner, 90 overall, when guys like Rantanen and Pasternak are upwards of 91, 92 overall. I thought that was a joke, too, considering Marner led all players in scoring from December last year when he came back from injury. That's including Connor McDavid and Johnny Gaudreau. Andreas Janssen at an 82 overall. He just got waived. He's going to play in the minors. He's playing for Utica tonight. He's an eight, yeah. And he's an 82 overall in the game. That's a third-line player, maybe a top-six player. That doesn't make any sense. Context needs to play a role, and it doesn't. Ilya Samsonov for the Maple Leafs, 85 overall, when Matt Murray is only an 83. We knew going into this season it was going to be a tandem situation. We thought that Matt Murray was actually going to be the starter, given the amount of money that he makes and the games that he was you know, going to play before he got injured. 85 for, for Samsonov makes absolutely no sense. He has not earned an 85. They should be the same rating, probably both 82 or 83, and that might be generous to some people. Brandstrom on Ottawa, medium elite potential still. But then J.J. Paterka, medium top nine potential. Again, just makes no sense. Final one, uh, Connor Bedard, okay? Projected first overall pick next year, uh, has 19 points through 10 games in the WHL this season. Absolute stud. Going to be the face of the game in, in you know two, three years. He has no X factors, and he doesn't even have a scanned game face in the game. It's a joke, guys. Like, those are some of the ones that I picked up right away that was brutal. No X factors on a prospect makes them so unplayable. Like, picking them is is ridiculous because they'll never become elite in the future. Like, they, for some reason, fizzle out, you know, 80. They'll be high 80s, but they just can't score. Just as the same thing, it's similar to your, you know, ratings being off. Well, some players, when, you know, they're designated as a two-way forward. Great highly skilled players they designate them as a two-way forward and it's like well they're going to be a 40 point person on your team and you can't really do anything with them like nico Heischer was always a two-way forward before and he you'd get him up to 90 overall but because he's a two-way forward he doesn't have any chemistry with any of the snipers or playmakers and he would get you know 50 points 60 points it's like like come on guys like Oh, it's so frustrating. And like the chemistry system, they tried to fix that, but the chemistry system just became a formula. Like all you had to do is put a sniper with a playmaker and a power forward. A, you know, like there's set connections that made the chemistry work. And then you have plus fives and you have a third line team that's better than your first line team. Or yeah. Line, line. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it, it's just ridiculous. It's like, it seems like, they're going in the exact opposite direction than what we want them 
to go in. Like, the game is, they're making the game more like this fantasy world with these custom leagues where you can have 50 teams and whatever, and, like, what drives me nuts is doing a franchise mode, and all of the scouts, the the head coach, like, all the names are made up. Like, they're created. Like, how hard is it to just go into a team's staff and just put all of that like NBA 2K does it and yeah. it just it, it makes it that much more realistic and fun and actually because to me when I play that game when I play franchise mode like I this may sound dumb but like I like to picture myself in the GM's chair and like okay like how can I realistically um like do this and make this team in the game be like the team on the ice in real life. Yeah. And I well, just FIFA, we're getting further and further away from that. FIFA added um real managers this year. So I thought, you know, oh perfect. NHL will do it too, but no, they they can't seem to do that. FIFA's adding freaking uh Ted or what was his name? Ted Lasso to the game. You can play as Ted Lasso as a manager and play as his whole team, Richmond, but you can't play as John Cooper, like with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't know. It's pretty lazy to me. I mean, you talk about the custom leagues. I saw how much you can customize the leagues. I'm like, listen, I don't want to customize the league. I want to play within the the confines (laughs) of the NHL. I want to be able to sign players to minor league contracts to, you know, move players down to the ECHL. I don't need to be able to manage that team. Just let me send them down there and they could play imaginary games so that they can, you know, get better when they're 64 overall and you have to sign them to a contract or you lose them. It's like, I just want to be able to play within the rules of this NHL league, the league that you slap on the title of your game. I don't want to make a 50-team league with rules like three points for a win and um, five games for a playoff series. It's like, just let me play the NHL and make that better. It, it, exactly. I And I get that it's a video game at the end of the day, but at the same time, like, there's just... A huge part of it is, like, just diving into it and being like, okay, like, this is what the NHL is like. I'm not in the NHL, and so I want to feel that, like, real-life experience in a game. And it's just not there. I understand the amount of customization for franchise mode, like adding the 48 teams, being able to play as the original six, you know, being able to create teams, etc. Because that benefits, you know, a key demographic of NHL players, YouTubers. That benefits the big guys who make videos about it on YouTube because that's interesting for some people to watch on YouTube and they're, they have partnerships with these guys. You know, we're talking the big guys like Tactics and Tugi and, and, you know, Nasher and guys like that. It makes sense, but I feel like they're missing out on potentially an even bigger market and that's people who want an accurate or at least close to accurate simulation of real life events. You know, and I feel like they're missing out on that by 
not putting in yeah exactly us <laughs> by not putting in you know the the amount of stats needed like in a game like franchise hockey manager that case i know you're familiar with by not including stats like that by not allowing you to go deeper in your franchise mode by playing with echl teams being able yeah. to sign two-way deals between echl and ahl being able to sign ahl only contracts being able to see uh, you know how your prospects are developing overseas in leagues there, and and you know working out loans between your team and overseas teams for your players. Like without including all of those, and and by not having the proper stats to to really you know make a good simulation work well, I feel like they're missing out on it because every single year at the start of the season, what's the first thing that they do in the new EA NHL game? They run a simulation and they see who wins the Stanley Cup. Wouldn't it be more fun if they were transparent about it, gave you all of the inputs into that simulation, ran it 10,000 times, and told you, like, listen, when we run it 10,000 times, similar to something like Money Puck or Don LeCision's model, um, and they say, okay, when you run it 10,000 times, it's actually the Colorado Avalanche who repeat, you know, 32% of the time or whatever. Wouldn't it be better if they were able to give you that information if the simulation was more accurate? I just feel like they're totally missing a market there. And that's what we want. But I just have no faith that something like that will ever exist in the game. Yeah, I mean, I think they they lack, there's so many things that they lack that will never make the simulation work. I mean, especially when you start getting into the later years it it gets brutal it's like it's basically a um oh what's what's the one where you a dynasty or the one where you draft the whole team fantasy draft a fantasy draft it becomes a fantasy draft like because there's no sort of gauge of like I don't, I don't know how to do it myself, like player loyalty or like, you know, if a player plays six years on a team, you know, they're, they're more likely to stay like based off your negotiations with them. Or, um, if, if a player is getting to the end of their career, they would sign with a team that did better last year instead of taking $15 million in Arizona and, uh, it's just like it's so unpredictable and random and, and just it's truly random to the point where i think if you ran it ten thousand times it just wouldn't have anything concrete come out of it it's it's kind of brutal um well this kind of go ahead yeah it, well and, and with trying to get a, a realistic sim i mean you guys have probably gone through this like you're sitting on the couch and you're you know okay, like, you're like, all right, this is good, like, and you, you save a, you've, you've got your backup file there, or whatever, then you go into it again, you try to finish it off, and like, nope, this team should be in, but isn't, then this team, nope, that's no good, and so, like, it's just probably one out of every ten times you'll get, like, an accurate simulation and it's very frustrating the other last thing i'll say before you guys jump in again and before we wrap up is like um with with the rosters again and i mean i'm gonna look stupid for for saying this chad you and i talked about this on the weekend so i get the game i get the game opening day and you know i figured okay well it's early so i'll just go and edit all of the rosters myself and then just find a file to download and get some prospects in there so that I don't have to 
to do that. But Creative players is what you're cre- saying. Or yeah. created players, yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's actually reversed, and so should have done that first, and then <laughs> went in and, and edited all the rosters after. But it got me thinking. At the same time, yes, it was kind of not smart on my well, part. Hold on, surprise, Harp, surprise. Harp, explain but, what happened. The problem was is when you went to merge yeah, the two files, yes, and, you and, lost and all of your edited rosters. That's right. But kept all of the created players. That's right. And I'm get and I'm getting to that. While it wasn't smart, at the same time, why wouldn't you be able to merge two custom <laughs> rosters like? Where is the harm in that? You you should be able to. So, yes, I should have known going into it, this is how it works. But at the same time, it's not how it should be. Anyway, that's my rant. Let me tell you something funny that actually happened on NHL 22. As we were, you know, going back when we were talking about accurate sims. Uh, obviously, those rosters on 22, like I already mentioned, they're my rosters um, with some creative players that I took from someone else's. <laughs> download and roster download and went through and edited a few and anyway so they're pretty good rosters right and tony d'angelo is a guy who i lowered from the base game roster the last updates roster i lowered him i don't remember exactly what his overall is but lowered his overall and potential because you know even though he played on a good team last year and had a pretty good season you know for for himself he's not as good as what ea had him as because he's only offensive played, you know, third pair minutes and only really got points on the power play, but whatever. I go through and I sim about five years of franchise mode, actually in the current mode that I'm in uh, with the Maple Leafs, just trying to see how far I can go in 22 before I start a new one on 23 while I wait these couple weeks, you know, for them to get a roster update in. And Tony D'Angelo won the Norris Trophy four times in a row and signed for seventeen million dollars for eight or for six or seven years. Seven years. Ugh. And I was like, that makes no sense. Because even in the game, I think he's he's like eighty-eight overall or something. He grew and it just made no sense. But then there's Kale McCarr, who has also grown, who is like a ninety-six overall and hasn't won a single Norris trophy since I started simming. So like just something right there like that is just like how like if if there was more transparency on how each value was weighted in their sim, I feel like people like us would be able to make the rosters in a way where it comes out at least more accurate from what we're, you know, predicting ourselves. But I don't like we shouldn't have to do that. I just thought it was funny that that happened. I thought I'd share that with you guys. Something that I wanted to bring up, such a small little fact. It's just, it's this kind of just become a discussion about the game, things we yeah. want, things we hate. Um, you mentioned Franchise Hockey Manager, and this yeah. is one of the things in there. And um, the customization and editing of the lines themselves, the co- like the combinations of the players is so much further advanced like you can actually see the impact of what happens when you do you sim the same game with the players set to like i'll use overload as an example for the the line strategy Mm -hmm. if you change that and re-sim that same game you know with a different like crash the net it actually impacts the game in franchise hockey mode way more to the the point where like if you put them on all of the most aggressive strategies there are 
you get like a ton of hits and a ton of block shots and stuff like that, but you'll get outshot like 50 to 26 because there's different combinations, kind of like a rock, paper, scissors, where if they see that you're running, you know, aggressive, pucks deep, hockey, they can counter it with different line combinations. And then on top of that, you can have all your different lines set to different type of strategies, a different system, and then you can set how many minutes each line you want to play. You want the first line to have a range of 21 to 19 minutes. You want your second line to be 18 to 16 and so on. You can set it any way you want, but it will impact. Like You can't set the players to 26, 30 minutes a night every night because they'll get beat up and broken. So it's just so many little simple things to make the game more accurate or simulate better that i would just love to have control over like let me choose how many minutes i want the players to play like it's so frustrating when i see my fourth line play six minutes in a game i'm like that's not really what i had designed when i put this fourth line together yeah and that's something you can't change when you sim in nhl you can't do any of that so you never know how long your players are going to play i really don't think the line strategies do anything well they don't because and that's another thing your coach is the one who determines what lines play what style but you're still able to change that it just doesn't change the way they actually play on the ice unless you're playing the game yourself yeah so boy i hope no one came here to talk about hot oh (laughs) which is like half the nhl demographic but fuck hot like uh, that's another thing that's just dumb but eh, anyway i wanted to say a few more things just observations i had about the game and you know things i read uh that are happening um, so apparently right now in online versus there's a face-off glitch where you take the face-off on the, the opening draw of an online versus game and it immediately cancels the game and then you have to quit the actual application on your PlayStation, Xbox, whatever, and restart it. Um, so that's something that people are complaining about. Sounds right. That does sound right. Another thing is, um, you know, what was NHL 23's one of their biggest selling points? One of their biggest selling points was the new presentation that was going to be in the game. So we're talking the glow sticks before the game, O Canada and the Star Spangled Banner being played before the game, things you can watch, you know, the new Stanley Cup celebration, etc. Well, reading online through different forums, people are saying that this is only happening occasionally. And the problem is in NHL 22, you had the option to set your presentation style to, uh, I forget exactly what they're called, but it's either full or partial. So you can see full presentation, which gives you, you know, stats in between whistles and whatnot and gives you all of the dialogue from the announcers. Or you can set it to partial where it treats it a bit more like a video game and kind of speeds through it. Well, apparently on NHL 23, this option does not exist to change the presentation mode, and it only is stuck in the partial mode right now, so you don't even get the benefit of seeing the new presentation that's been added into the game, which was a major selling point, so much so that they even made about a 10-minute YouTube video explaining why it was important to the game and why you should buy it. Man, that is so them, like rushing to the game, get the game out and then botching the main selling point. Like, uh, 
It's so frustrating. I will say it's funny that they put so much time into the presentation when the first thing I do when I get the game is I turn the commentators off and I turn the music off because they get so repetitive and shitty that it drives me absolutely insane. Not to mention when I'm playing a game and then it starts showing me my next six games in the schedule and I can't skip it. I have to hold X for five seconds so I can get to the next face off. I'm really glad they put so much time and effort into the presentation. <laughs> and that when you hold X, it never even works anyways it just <laughs> it stays the whole time and then oh i play washington next i don't care i'm yeah. playing right now in and a video was, game and then ray says you know james the you wouldn't be you'd be surprised how many guys don't know who they're playing next and then he says that eight more times through that same game so you know i had nine of those <laughs> yeah I had nine a of lady these a lady from schwinnigan came up with that <laughs> Uh, a couple more uh, things I wanted to say, guys, and then I'm done. One thing, Harp, Owen Power doesn't have a headshot in the game. Number one overall pick. Has a face scan, but not a headshot. Meaning I know. When, you, when you scroll over his name, it's just a black silhouette. It's not. He should now. He didn't have it in fantasy either, but he has it now. Or on Sportsnet. Like he, he literally just doesn't have one existing. I don't think he has one in NHL still, at least today. Uh, well, yeah, because they don't—they only update the game every four months. So. Yeah. So, <laughs> but he has a face scan. So figure that his face is is his face in the game. Mm. You know, it looks like him. Yeah. Can't say the same about Connor or Connor Bedard, or a lot of other players for that matter. But uh, no actual headshot. And then something like another thing I wanted to say, David Juracek. Couldn't find him in the game. Don't know where he's playing. That might be one of the guys who isn't in the game yet, and he will be in a, a week or so when they update it. Another thing I realized, and this is the last thing, guys, is that when I was trying to go through and edit a couple players, I wasn't actually editing any rosters today. I was just kind of clicking around and you know seeing what, what some of these skills were and, and attributes and whatnot and X-Factors. Um, going around, clicking through a few players, uh, particularly in the CHL, crashes the game. That's that's just one thing I noticed as well. Oh boy, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's always rough out of the gate and gets a little better, but it man, it, it for the most part, like it's just it's frustrating. It's frustrating that you know we we get so excited for an updated game, updated rosters, start of a new season, and then we run into the same issues. Unfortunately, I also feel like we're at a point where old gen consoles like ps4 um just aren't able to run the game as well and so you see that as as a major downside to this game like the menus are extremely slow and they have been for a while now and it's just yeah it's not optimized and and the graphics don't look any better for that same reason so it, well, it's just not it's, great there's literally nothing you can do about that though like to get a playstation 5 i you have to know three people eliminate two other people who are trying to buy one and spend one thousand dollars to get it it's like you, you gotta like you got to bribe someone at EB Games or Walmart or Amazon or something, like, or threaten them. Like, it, whoa, I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'll make sure, you know, when I do lose my self-respect and finally download the game because the boys want to play Eshul, I'll make sure to let you know all the things I hate about this game. You should game share it, Case, so that you can split it with somebody. That's what I do with Adam. And it's only 45 bucks, not 90. Mm. Yeah. That makes me feel better. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, still, it's uh, 
costs way too much and changes too little. So <laughs> That's a good way to end it. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's right. All that's right, true. well, there we go. There's our uh, there's our episode, uh, episode 143, talking about uh, the problems with NHL 23 that seem to be reoccurring problems every year. And I started it with the New Jersey Devils, who have reoccurring problems every single year. So, <laughs> wow, we really went full circle here. <laughs> there we go. We certainly did. All right. Good episode, boys. Uh, that was a, a fun, free, uh, free-flowing discussion. And uh, yeah, th- thanks to you guys for listening. And we'll chat with you again next week. Enjoy. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.